Morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is dedicated in loving memory and Lilun Nishmat, Mordechai ben Yehuda Aryeh, and in honor of Rabbi Farhim Israel and Friedman, as well as Haron and Hazan Shmuel Levi, sponsored by Sapira and Daniel Oheb Shalom and family. Breakfast on the Class also dedicated in loving memory Lilun Nishmat, Hawato ben Hillel uh, and Masuda Ala uh, Shalom, sponsored by Tamar Megidish. Uh, Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi on occasion of Rosh Chodesh Kislev La'aslachaba Komikokol for success in everything. Uh, as well, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory of Coach Jan and his daughter Megan Sandusky, sponsored by Maurice and Miki Terzi, and in loving memory of Sammy Said Leilu Nishmat Shilomo Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son Freddy uh, Sayed. As well, dedicated for the Rav Shifra Bat Frecha, sponsored by Megi and Morris Dahan and family. And lastly, sponsored by Emmanuel Zara, dedicated in honor of Shimshon Deutscher and Nathan Esbatesh. Thank you for your help and your kindness. Of course, the Cobra was sponsored uh, by David Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good each and every day. Okay, Rabotai. We, we have with, before us a very interesting um, disagreement, if you will, between Yitzchak Avinu and his wife Rivka. The Pasuk tells us that uh, Yitzchak loved, uh, he loved his son Esav, and Rivka loved Yaakov. But the Pasuk actually tells us something more. It says Yitzchak, uh, Yitzchak loved Esav, why? Because he hunted in his mouth or he hunted with his mouth. Either it means simply that he put food in his father Yitzhak Avinu's mouth, so therefore Yitzhak loved him. And the second possibility is Kitzayid Befiv, our rabbis teach us that Esav was an, he was able to entrap not just animals, but humans as well, by making them think that he was more righteous than he was. But Rivka loved Yaakov. Now what's interesting to note about those Pesukim is that you find specifically, specifically, a reason why Yitzchak loved Esav. It doesn't tell us a reason why Rivka loved Yaakov. So literally the Pasuk reads as follows. Yitzchak loved Esav because he hunted in his mouth, or with his mouth. Rivka loved Yaakov, that's it. Now what's fascinating to me about this is, um, is that it tells us or it teaches us something incredibly important about the nature of what was going on over here. Now, normally, if you were to assume which parent would be the one that would love Esav, which one would you guess that it was going to be? The mother who loves unconditionally. Number two, uh, each one of the midot that were representative uh, by, in their parents was the exact opposite of what you would, you would have expected to see. Because Rivka's midah was chesed, kindness. You'd have expected to see her kindness allow her to love her incorrigible son, uh, her, her difficult son, Esav. Whereas Yitzchak, who was all about givurah, doing the right thing, you would have imagined would have despised Esav. But actually, we find that Yitzchak loves his son, Esav, and Rivka is the one who loves Yaakov. Now, obviously, both of them loved both of them. But it just means that they had a greater love for this one son. So what was going on over here in the story of Esav? And Yaakov, and why does it mention the reason why Yitzchak loved Esav and not the reason why Rivka loved Yaakov? My friends, I think hiding in here is a beautiful lesson. 
it doesn't just mean to tell us that this is the reason why Yitzchak loved Esav. It's communicating with us what Esav, what was communicated to Esav. Yitzchak turned to his son, Esav, and he said, I love you, because he put food, you put food in my mouth. He said to his son, I love you because. When a person tells someone what it is that they notice about them, what it is that they appreciate about them, the likelihood of that person doing what it is that the person loves and appreciates about them skyrockets. And it is indeed, it took, uh, it took Yitzchak's iron will and determination to try and raise his son as best he could, even though it was causing him so much pain. It took Yitzchak's commitment to be able to come to his son and say directly to him, even though there's many other things about you, maybe, that are challenging for me, this is what I have found that I love and appreciate. And it does not only mean, my friends, that he, uh, he had a steak. Yitzchak didn't love steak. That's not the point. And the proof of that is that as soon as Esav went out to hunt, what do we find? Rivka goes out to the backyard and she goes and she gets the goats. You had the meat there the whole time. He didn't need Esav to go out and hunt for him. He didn't need it. It wasn't something that he needed. So what he said to Esav was, I love the way you love me. I love the way you take care of me. And the minute Esav heard that his father loved that about him, what indeed does Esav excel in? He excels in the mitzvah of Kibudav to the point where he becomes an icon that even we, Chase and the Gemara, speaks with such praise about the way Esav treated his father. But what, for our purposes, what we see here is this unbelievable concept that when a person is shown love, when they're shown acceptance, when a person is shown not, they're not rejected, they're not turned away, they're not sent away, then what happens? Suddenly, all of a sudden, they feel uh, appreciated and perhaps they develop specifically in that area. Parents ask me a lot of times, I'm suffering with my child, I'm having a very difficult time. One of the things I love to tell them is, I, I understand that you want to fix a lot of things. But you can't fix anything until there's some platform of connection. Find something you love and communicate to your child. I love you because, I love you because. Someone asked me once, if I say I love you because, doesn't that mean that my love for my child is conditional? And the answer is absolutely not. Unconditional love should not be confused with loving someone for no reason. Even when you love unconditionally, you love them, the love begins for a reason. You love something about that person. And you love them so much that you get to a stage where you say, I love you no matter what, because of this thing that led me to love you. But a love that has no reason, not a, not a, there's not, not a condition, a love that has no reason is, uh, is oftentimes a love that's very weak because it can't be placed on anything. And eventually it's very easy for it to get watered down because it's not clear uh, as to why that love is present in the relationship. My friends, you take a look at this and you start to see an unbelievable pattern. And I, someone shared this with me last week and I found it also very, very powerful. You know, the Pasuk tells us that Eliezer comes, he comes all the way down to, uh, to, uh, to uh, Aram Naharaim. He comes to, there, to this place called Haran. 
And, um, and what did we read? Hashem blessed Avraham Bakol. That's what the Pasuk says. And therefore, Avraham sends his servant, go and find a Shiduch for Yitzchak. Our rabbis tell us Hashem blessed Avraham Bakol. What is Bakol? Avraham was blessed with a daughter, Ubakol Shema. Her name was Bakol. Okay? That's what it means. Hashem blessed Avraham Bakol. So Eliezer turns up down in Haran and he's walking down towards towards uh, the house of Lavan with Rivka in tow. He's just decided that Rivka is the correct shiduk for Yitzchak. He places a nose ring in her nose. He puts bracelets on her hands. And they're walking back now towards Betuel to seal the deal and for Rivka's parents to give permission and he should take Rivka to be a wife for Yitzchak, for his master for Yitzchak. The Pasuk tells us that Lavan goes running out, running out towards Eliezer. And then what happens? He invites him back. He says, please come back to our home. We have a place for your camels. We have a place for you to sleep. And what happens when he gets back to the house? Lavan and Betuel conspire to poison Eliezer. What a quick turnaround. From a guy who's running out to the well, seemingly to have the same midot as Avraham, who runs towards the guest, right? He runs towards him. Come, Fandal, stay in our house. We have... Uh, we have a place for you to stay, food for your animals. Next thing you know, he's uh, poisoning the guy a la the KGB in his house. Hashem has to switch the soup between Eliezer and Bituel. Bituel dies. Okay? I love it as well. Bituel dies. The Pasuk says Lavan takes over the negotiation. We don't even read about the fact that Bituel died. Lavan is so power hungry that the minute Bituel keels over face forward into the soup, Lavan shoves him out the way and continues the negotiation. You know, I mean, oh, they say always be closing, but this is ridiculous. Either way, the point is, my friends, why, why is there such an abrupt uh, about, about face? And uh, so, um, someone from the community, actually, brought to my attention, Shimshon Deutscher showed me a beautiful pshat. He said that what happened with Lavan was Lavan was running out. Why? He heard that Avraham had a daughter, Bakol Shema. He figured to himself, why is the servant of Abraham here? He must be coming to marry within his family. He must be coming to get me as a chatan. He's running happy as Larry. He's running out like a lark. He's so excited. And then what happens? He turns and he sees that actually it's not him. He's been cast aside. Who do they want? They want his sister. Because he notices the jewelry on her hands. That takes a person from Vayarat Kratam to the point where he's capable of poisoning the guy's soup. The feeling of being rejected, the feeling of being skipped over, is so bitter a pill for Lavan that it changes him forever. And that's what Yitzchak was trying to avoid with Esav, to not skip over the Bechor and give the younger one uh, the Bechorah, uh, to make sure that Esav, even if he was, would turn astray, it would not be because of something that I did. Sometimes you have parents, they say, you know, it's not going to make a difference anymore. You know, the kids are making all these choices anyway that I don't approve of. What difference does it make if I throw him out? What difference does it make if I yell and scream at him? You know, anyway, he's that, he's that way. Yes, but he's that way because of himself. You didn't drive him there. And when he's that way because of himself or herself, it's up to them to easily turn their ship around. Because they were the reason why they left. They'll be the reason why they can come back. But when they left because of you, 
It's much more difficult for them to come back to the house. They think that their parent, that their father, their mother's rejected them. My friends, you see how powerful this hurt, this feeling was within Lavan, that so many years later, when Yaakov comes and he wants to marry, he works for Rachel, what does Lavan say? He switches Le'af for Rachel. What are, what are the words? Lo Kenya Yasebim Komenu. You don't come to, that's not how we do things over here. That you take the younger one before the older one. Who's Lavan really talking about? His own hurt from so many years before. He's waiting for this moment to swap Le'af for Rachel so he could feel once again like he's done it the right way. We don't do things like that over here. You don't take the younger one before the older one is sorted. What is he really? He's, but he's been nurturing that anger and that hurt for so long. Says the Pasuk, Yitzchak Ohev, Yitzchak loves Esav. But it was only Yitzchak that was capable of doing that. Rivka with Hachesed, she saw Esav for what he was. And she understood that having him around, that encouraging him, maybe it's not going to help. And in fact, it might hurt Yaakov Avinu's growth, like we found with Sarah and Yishmael. Rivka was copying what she saw Sarah Imenu do with Yishmael. And therefore she said, in that machloket, Abraham and Sarah, whether to keep Yishmael around or not, what did God rule? How was God's psak halacha? Send Yishmael away. So look, Esav's the same thing. He's going to try and kill Yaakov, which indeed he does. He tries to bite him in the neck. The pasuk says, uh, He went to kiss him, but it's, uh, it, it kind of gives you that little kind of asterisk saying, don't read a kiss. He really tried to bite him. My friends, if that's the case, Rivka with Hachesed, but Yitzchak, his strength was immeasurable. Yitzchak was strong enough to be able to dig deep, to push past his upset, his hurt about the way that his son had come, had turned out, to reach out to him, to find love. And my friends, I think that there's something very beautiful about that. You know, normally we associate the Midah of Givurah, of strength. We don't think that that's about love. And we think Chesed is more associative with love. But there's a kindness in love, and there's a strength in love. Sometimes a strength in love, loving someone powerfully, loving someone completely, uh, with, with a decision to love, is even more, uh, and can, can plumb depths that the, the kindness of love, or the love of kindness, cannot actually reach. Yitzchak says to Esav, there's something special about you. There's something wonderful about you. What is he saying to him? I love the way you show me respect. I love how you take care of me. It shows such a beautiful thing. Look at the kind of kavod that you have for your parents. Tzayid Befiv, I see that you're coming in here. You're pretending that you're asking me questions like, oh, how much ma'aser do I have to take from salt? Nothing. He made believe like he was so religious. Oh, daddy, you know, it's a cholam o'ed. You know, should we be putting tefillin on now? Oh, honey, you don't have to put on tefillin today. He'd find all these things that made him look, made him look that he was more religious. And I said, maybe perhaps, and it's maybe a little bit, you know, sad, but beautiful as well, that Yitzchak was saying to Esav, between you and me, honey, I know what you're doing. I get it. But I love that you're trying. I love that it means enough to you that you're coming here with excuses. You know, sometimes people say, you know, my son, I don't know, my daughter, they're coming, they're coming up with all these stories. 
You know, they're telling me like this. They didn't go to shul because of this. They didn't go to shul because of that. You know, what does I feel like I'm giving up hope. I say sometimes, if the kid's making excuses, if the kid's trying to trick you, if the kid's telling you he slept in because he did pray earlier, if the kid's coming up, it means that he's still embarrassed about the fact that he's not in shul. It means that he still cares whether or not he lets you down. He cares enough to lie to you. That's something too. Yitzchak says to Esav, I see you, but I appreciate what you're doing. It's wonderful of you that you're still showing me, showing me, making me feel uh, like everything I taught you did not go down the drain. My friends, there's a lot to love even in the in the worst of children. You know, I use the word worst in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in inverted commas like they say. You know, there's a lot to love. There's a lot to love in a spouse in a difficult relationship. There's a lot to love in parents who are trying, who are difficult. There's a lot to love in, in a parent that, that was always hard on you. You know, ultimately, you know, when, when you have a parent like that, that's really difficult, you know, that always pushed you, that never, nothing was ever enough. Oftentimes, that's what resu resulted in you achieving the tremendous successes of your life. Because your parent demanded excellence. And yes, other kids' parents might have kind of let them get off halfway, didn't make them do their homework, let them have all the overnights, let them do all these other things, let them go do things that maybe weren't appropriate, let them go to places that weren't appropriate for them as a kid. But ultimately, you know, there comes a time when you grow up and you realize that that illustrates the most unbelievable care on behalf of the parent. You know what's much easier than being a difficult parent? Not being a parent. Letting a kid do whatever they want, that's much easier. It's much easier to be the, the, the fun dad, the fun mom, much easier. And some parents actually, when there's a dynamic of a good cop, bad cop parent, uh, which you have in a lot of homes, sometimes the parent who has to play the bad cop, they resent it. They may not say anything, but they resent it. They resent that they're the ones that has to be put the foot down. Why do I, how come the kids always have to come to you? You know, and they always feel that I'm the one that they're scared of. You're the fun one, I'm the meanie. I'm the enemy. You get them up. You make sure they do their homework. You do things. I want to be the fun one that tells them they could stay up late and eat ice cream. You know? But ultimately, the one that's willing to put themselves through those paces is the one that loves the children more. Because there is a strength, a gvura, to their ahava, to their love, where they're doing something that's uh, counter what feels good and what's easy. Ay, 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 what a parasha. We look at these parashiyot and we start, and we, start, we start to see our own reflection in them, don't we? The challenges, the difficulties. We realize that things are not as black and white as our world today would like you to believe. In the world today, a person makes one comment, they get fired from their job. 900 bazillion good things they did, they made one comment that the woke left doesn't appreciate, chalas, fired, black and white, this guy's a ter terrible person. But the funny thing is, this other person who never said that, also never gave charity, 
also never took an interest in anyone else's life, also never had any accomplishments, and that's a better person. It's fascinating. It's just that this guy didn't get caught. We're so clear, it's so clear in our world today. We decide so swiftly who's good and who's bad when these things are actually much more nuanced and much more complicated. A small act of a mitzvah from a guy like Esav, who's hot-blooded, who has tremendous tavot and desires, is worth a hundred mitzvot from a guy like Yaakov, whose nature is Ishtam, Yoshev Ohalim. He doesn't want to go out to the club. He wants to sit and learn Torah. So for him, the mitzvot, which are much easier to do, they're worthless in terms of sachar. So you look at these deeds and you say, oh, this one's obviously a better kid. No. He's not facing the challenges the other kid's facing. We have to be able to find the positive things in our kids, in our spouses, in our families. Tell our friends, our family, that this is why we love them. Make them understand that we see those things, that we appreciate those things. And suddenly the things that we love are not statements, Rabbi but they are seeds. And they grow to become very beautiful things. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen. Rabbi